Hi, this is Steve Thomas, pastor of the First Baptist Church at Delray Beach. Welcome to our podcast. We study God's Word to apply it to our lives in order to make a difference in this life and in eternity. We hope you enjoy this message. We cry out, we cry out. Good morning. As you can tell, I ain't from here. <laughs> I ain't from here, but again, my name is uh, Jimmy Land, and I'm from Alabama. I've been going to this church for about nine months. Most of you know that. Some other people don't know that. Um, this is my second sermon to be able to preach here, but I was a bivocational pastor in Alabama for the past two years, so I had my own church before. Now, any, anytime I can, I'll get up here. I hate the circumstances, but I'm thankful for the opportunity this morning to preach to you all. Um, Pastor Steve's been going line by line through the Bible, and he's in Acts. So he, he gave me the free reign on the Bible. He said, you can preach out anywhere so besides Acts. <laughs> so I, I pulled out of the second sh- shortest book in the Old Testament. Many people probably didn't even know it was in there. It's two chapters long. It's one of the minor prophets known as Haggai. And the title of this, serv- uh, this message is called Priorities. Priorities. And this season where we go into 2022, I think it's critical that we evaluate what our priorities are. In this un- uncertain world, in this uncertain time that we're going into, we need to really evaluate our priorities and making sure they're lined out with what God tells us to do. So uh, if you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn me to Haggai chapter 1. Haggai chapter 1. What I want to do is kind of set the context for you guys. Because I know who I'm preaching to this morning. Many of you guys are believers already. So were these people at this time. The time, play, the time period is roughly 520 B.C. So around 2,600 years ago, this is when this is taking place. And um, at this time, the Jews, um, they refused their refusal to repent to the things that God allowed the Babylonians to come in and capture their land. And they've destroyed all of, all of the Jerusalem land that they were in. And they've been exiled to Babylon for the past 70 years. So here they are. These people are coming back after these 70 years, to rebuild their city. Most people, most of the Jews at this time stayed in Babylon because they had become comfortable with their lifestyles there. You know, this is a a grand task to come back and to rebuild at this time. So they came back and, and, and it's been 16 years when this text is coming on, so roughly 536 B.C. Haggai steps on the scene and these people who came back, they started back their lives, right? They started back everything. You, you live in the hurricane land. Y'all know what it's like when everything's ravaged and you have to rebuild? Well, these people, they came back after 70 years. And they began to rebuild. And they had good intentions, you know. They started to rebuild the church. They started to rebuild the temple. But they got into a spat with the Samaritans. And it caused the temple to be put on hold. And then 16 years have passed. And they've gotten back to normal living. They built their homes back. They built their lives back their jobs back. They were taking care of their families, but they forgot one thing, the most important thing, which is the temple. The foundation of the temple was laying there in ruins with grass growing up all around it. They had forgot God's temple. And Haggai comes back with this message, and he tells them, point blank, it's time to finish rebuilding the temple. It's time to finish rebuilding the temple. You see, they had gotten so used to their lives without the temple it was, it was, they were too busy. These were good people now. These weren't non-Christians. These were people that came back and knew that God should be first. And if you asked them, they would have told you, yeah, God's first. Just like I'm asking many of you guys, yeah, God should be first. But they got too busy in their lives. 
So I want to read, we'll read right here in verse 1. I'm going to read the first 13 verses, and then we'll, we'll take some points about how we can get our priorities in line. It says in verse 1, it says, In the second year of Darius the king, in the sixth month, in the first day of the month, came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet unto Zerubbabel, the son of Shatil, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, This people say, The time has not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. I want to stop right there just for one moment. When he, when he comes through Haggai, the Lord of hosts speaks. That means God is speaking. So if you're looking for a word from God this morning, He's speaking this morning. He says, this is what God said. This isn't Haggai speaking. This is what He said. So let's read it again. Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, The people say, The time has not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. Then came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it time for you, O ye, to dwell in your sealed houses, and this house lie waste. Now therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, Consider your ways. Ye have sown much, and bring in little. Ye eat, but ye have not enough. Ye drink, but ye are not filled with drink. Ye clothe you, but, ye, but there is none warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put it into a bag with holes. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Consider your ways. Go up to the mountain, and bring wood, and build the house. And I will take pleasure in it, and I will be glorified, saith the Lord. He looked for much, and lo, it came to little. And when he brought it home, I, I did blow upon it. Why? saith the Lord of hosts, because of mine house that is in waste. And you run every man to his house. Therefore the heaven over you is stayed from the dew, and the earth is stayed from the fruit. And I called for a drought upon the land, and upon the mountains, and upon the corn, and upon the new wine, and upon the oil, and upon that which the ground bringeth forth and upon men, and upon cattle, and upon all the labor of your hands. Then Zerubbabel, the son of Shatil, and Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest, with all the remnant of the people, obeyed the voice of their Lord. And the words of Haggai the prophet, as their Lord, God has sent him, and the people did fear him before the Lord. Then spake Haggai, the Lord's messenger, and the Lord's message unto the people, saying, I am with you. I am with you. So basically, what, what has occurred, these people came back with good intentions, right? They were people of Christ. They were among the 50,000 Jews that came back to rebuild the temple to start over in this land that had been ravaged. They were Christians. I know many of you are Christians this morning, but I want you to think back to a time when you first got saved. When you were on, on fire for the things of God. When God was the number one priority of your life. And he still may be, but I want you to consider your ways this morning. That's what he told them. Consider your ways. So as these people came back, you know, they got used to their, their daily lives. They started back with everything that they had, but they neglected the things of God. And this is what he's coming to tell them. He said, hey, it's time to rebuild my house. Y'all are at your, your houses are all taken care of. What about my house? So I got some practical ways that we can make sure that we're not living with mispraised priorities you know it's easy to get back into the old way of doing things it's easy to i mean we're pre predilected to be selfish are we not we love ourselves so much it's easy we're naturally ten tendency to go that way but the first point i want to make this morning and when we want to make sure that god's number one is we got to stop making excuses this is a profound statement if it's not going to be us then who's it going to be and if it's not going to be now then when is it going to be if it's not us who? We're the Christians. We're the ones in God's house. We're the ones that should be glorifying Him. If it's not us, then who's it going to be? 
And if it's not now, when are you going to get him in the rightful place in your life? It's 2022. We're going into 2022. Now's the time to get our priorities right. Take a look around. Take a look around at the world. It's time for us to stand up. But I like how Haggai confronted these excuses for the temple lying in ruins. He says, the Lord of hosts says this, these people say the time has not come for the Lord's house to be rebuilt. And Haggai 1, 2. You know, i got other things to do. i got family. God wants me to take care of my family. God wants me to go to work and take care of this. Times are, times are hard. Jobs are scarce. And Haggai comes on the scene and he says, the time is now to rebuild my house. And I know those other things are important, but in the, in the realm of priorities, you've got to make sure that God is number one in your life. Because if he's not in his rightful place, in the center of your life, it's going to affect every area of your life. We're going to see that in this text. But I really like what what he says there. He says that they say the time hasn't come for the Lord's house to be rebuilt. I'm sure they intended to rebuild it. Obviously, they started on it, but then they just got busy. I'm sure they would have said, I'm all for rebuilding the temple. It's a great cause, but God wants us to do this. Let me pray about it a little bit more. That's what I love about this church here. You have ample opportunities to step up and help grow God's kingdom. This isn't a church where you just come in and you hear a good sermon and you go home. This is a church where you can serve. I don't care what your capabilities are. I don't care how smart you are. I'm not the smartest person. Anybody can step up. We have life groups. We want to grow this church. It's time that we stop making excuses as we go into this new year. We say, oh, we want God to bless. We want God to do things. But we want somebody else to do it for us. Haggai stepped on the scene and he said, the time is now. And you're the ones that need to rebuild it, the ones that are Christians. So how do we do that? Well, the first thing that we have to do really is admit our responsibility. It's easy to push our conscience off, ain't it? It's easy to justify not doing what God wants us to do, you know? Oh, I got kids. Y'all hear me make that excuse a lot. I got three little ones, so (laughs) they are a lot. That doesn't mean that God's house shouldn't be first in my life. I mean, sometimes they do, you know, it's a legitimate excuse. They're tearing up everything. But the point is, we have to stop making excuses. We have to stop waiting for somebody else to step up. And I'm so proud of these young people. They got up here this morning and they, they, they said, what are we going to do? We ain't ready. They got a song together and they sang to you this morning because they stepped up in the absence of others. And I'm telling you why that's critical. Because some of you ain't going to be here. I mean, none of you are going to be here forever. These young people are the future of this church. You need to model that. Stop making excuses and step up. God's called us to make disciples, baptizing and teaching His doctrine. What are you doing with His Word this morning? Quit explaining away your responsibility to do the things of the Lord. Quit waiting on somebody else. The last thing I want for you to do is to meet your father and say, well, I could have done more. The truth is, we could all say that, could we not? So the first thing that we need to do, like the people... And Haggai's day who said, well, the time hasn't come. I'm telling you this morning, the time has come to put God first in your life today. Put him in his rightful spot because he earned that right in your life. Stop making excuses. Closely aligned with making excuses is, is to stop being selfish. And I promise you, I ain't going to beat you too far down before I bring you back up. But we've got to stop being selfish. Closely aligned with that excuse making is this selfish mindset that permeates everything. Haggai challenged the people with this selfish behavior. The word of the Lord came through Haggai the prophet. It said, is it a time for you yourselves to live in your paneled houses while this house lies in ruins? Paneled houses meant covered or roofed. It meant like it was taken care of. All your houses at home are taken care of. All the finishing touches are there. Man, y'all got some nice landscape down here. 
Everything's taken care of down there, but you've left my house in ruins is what he said. There's weeds growing up around my house. Now, I'm not preaching against having a nice house. I like nice houses. This statement's not attack on riches or big houses either. But what's wrong is to own a nice house while the, the Lord's house lies in ruins. What's wrong is to spend all your money on your own selfish pursuits and not contemplate the things of God. What's wrong is to spend our best hours on ourselves and our own selfish interests. All the things that God lie undone. It's an indictment of misplaced priorities. And I'm calling on you as Christians this morning to evaluate yourself. Because it's easy to drift away from God's agenda to our own. To pursue these selfish desires while ignoring God's. They simply got busy. I'm sure they were doing things that needed to be done. I'm sure they were rebuilding their homes and everything. But after 16 years, they hadn't went back and built God's temple. And for God's temple to lie in ruins at this time was a knock on God. And his, and his majesty. Because in this time in the Old, Old Testament religion, the temple was a place where God manifested himself in a special sense. So for the temple not to be built was a knock on God. These people just got too busy for God. I want to ask you this morning, have you gotten too busy? Is your lives filled with all these things where you just now sprinkle a little God in there and expect your life to be right? I think how it works. He's a jealous God. He's jealous because he earned that right when he put his son, Jesus Christ, on the cross to die for your sins. He bought you. He bought you with his blood. He paid a price you couldn't pay to rescue you. Now is the time to put him in his rightful place. Because he ain't going to take no other place. And if you don't put him right here, and number one, it's, it's going to affect all other areas of your life. And we can see that in this text as we continue. So I done beat you down pretty good, I guess. I told you you were selfish. told you you were a bunch of excuse makers. But let me tell you why I'm telling you this this morning. This is a critical point I don't want you to miss because I don't want you to miss God's blessings. I don't want you to miss God's blessings. As a consequence of these people's excuse making and their selfish living, the people in Haggai's day experienced hardship. Experienced hardship. I don't want that to be you. So he continues. He says, now the Lord of hosts says this. Think carefully about your ways. In another translation, it says, consider your ways. You have planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but never have enough to be satisfied. You drink, but never have enough to become drunk. You put on clothes, but never have enough to get warm. The wage earner puts his wage into a bag with a hole in it. You see, these weren't lazy people. They sowed plenty of seed. They had active lifestyles. They were doing everything that they were to, to experience satisfaction, but their laboring was showing no profit. No matter how hard they tried, they seemed to be spinning their wheels around and around. And I'm telling you, their selfishness caused them to miss God's blessings. I'm telling you that. God withheld His rain from their crops. They, they experienced drought. So no matter what they did, no matter how hard they tried, they couldn't find satisfaction. Does that sound like us? Does that sound like the world today as people seek to find satisfaction in all areas of their life? They're so far away from the things of God, so far away from the things of Christ, and they're wondering why their life looks the way that, they, that it does. You can give them more money, but it ain't pleasing them. You can have everything that you could possibly have, do everything that you could possibly do, but there's something missing. You see, because of their selfishness, the people miss God's blessings. Haggai points out a sobering reminder. What happens in your heart affects every other area of your life. 
Because the people had pushed God out of the center, they suffered in every area. They suffered in every, every area. And I'm fixing to say a word that most people don't like to hear anymore. Obedience. We hate that, don't we? We like to make our own rules and follow our own heart and do whatever we want to do. We become our own gods. We set our own rules. But I'm telling you, if you want the, the Heavenly Father to be on your side, blessings come through obedience. Obedience. So if we want to experience God's blessings, we will put Him first. We will put Him first this morning. He gave us two great commandments. Now, I know some of these Old Testament uh, preaching is kind of confusing, but let me make it real simple for you. He gave you two great commandments. He said, love me over everything. Have no other gods before me. Love me with all your heart, your body, your mind, and your soul. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you do those two things, you'll be on the right track. You see, that's what Christianity is about. So I really want you to evaluate yourself this morning so you don't miss God's blessings. And that takes me to my next point. We've got to take time to evaluate. How many people got kids? How many people are working and they're busy and they're doing all these things and we, we don't stop to consider our ways? This is a strong indictment of a devastating predicament. The people realized that they had caused their own calamities. The people were ready to evaluate their situation. You see, he told them two times in a 13-verse thing where God is speaking directly through somebody. He told them two times in 13 verses, in verses 5 and verses 7. He said, consider your Again, that means to give careful thought to. It was time for these people to do some serious self-examination before the Lord. Haggai wanted the people to stop long enough in their busy schedules to realize what they were doing, that they pushed God to the side. He wasn't number one anymore. And I'm fearful now, and as we go into this new year, that too many of us are waiting on somebody else to step up, and God's calling on you. He's calling on us to be the light that the world needs to see. He's calling on us. So we need to take time to evaluate our lives in light of God because I'm telling you, there's consequences to your actions. Both presently, you may get chastised, and eternally if you don't choose to follow Him. Because every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that He is Lord. And y'all can say that that country preacher told me that. And that's what I'm going to tell him. I'm going to say, I told him that, dear God. You should be first. So take time to evaluate your life. And I really want you to think about this. If God is not first... Guess who removed him from his rightful place? My mentor pastor in Alabama, he told me something that stuck with me. And I find it coming back in all my sermons. He told me this. He said, Jimmy, you're as close to God this morning as you want to be. And the same thing applies to all of you. You're as close to God this morning as you want to be. He said, I stand at the door and I knock. Anybody who calls on my name, I will come in and live with him. I want to bless your lives and bless it more abundantly. But he can't bless him if you ain't putting him first. He can't bless it when your life's so far outside in sin. You've got to deal with the sin. And direct it toward the Father. Direct your lives toward the Father as we go into this new year. So take time to evaluate your situation. And it's, 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 a over, it's, it's not a, a one-day thing. I wish I could tell you when I got saved, I was straight the other way. I had failures. It's like a pilot who don't correct when he's driving. You know, he's got to make constant corrections to stay on path or else he's going to be way off. Same thing applies to your life. You've got to constantly be refining yourself, repenting of your sin, asking God to help you because he said in verse 13, he said, I'm with you. When you do what I want you to do, I'll be with you. 
What comfort that is as we go into these uncertain times when we don't know and we can't handle it and we think we got all the answers and we're trying to do this by ourselves. I'm telling you, he said, I'm with you. When you do what I'm telling you to do, I'll be with you. So when we stop making these excuses, we stop being selfish and we take time to evaluate our lives, we can see God work in powerful ways. When God's first in our hearts, how do we know that? What does that look like? Say, Jimmy, I'm, I'm a Christian. Do I got him first? Have I put him in his rightful place? I'll tell you what that looks like. Number one, we're active in the right things. For these people, it meant rebuilding the temple. He told them, go up into the hills, bring down the lumber, and build the house. Then I will be pleased with it and be glorified, says the Lord. So in all of life, there's a time to talk and there's a time to act. He told them to go build the house. What's, what's it look like being active in the right things here. It looks like being in church when the doors are open. If there's COVID, join online. It, whatever you can do for God is what you should be doing. He should be the number one in your life. If everyone prayed like you pray, what would Christianity be like? If everyone loved like you loved, what would it be like? If everyone was a Christian like you were a Christian, what would Christianity be? Tell you what it looks like. We're active in the right things. We're spending time with God daily. We're serving people. We're honoring them with our time, our talents, and our resources. Here's what we want. We want to keep the resources in our pocket and trust ourselves. We don't want to come to God's house. We want to do what we want to do. It's Sunday fun day. We want to go to the beach, go down the A1A. We don't want to serve you, Lord. Sabbath isn't important to us anymore. And when those things happen to you, you become just like the people of this day. You become bogged down with the world. And the devil comes in in that moment. He keeps pulling you away until you get comfortable without having a temple. Until you get comfortable without having God in his rightful place. Jesus is the new temple. In the New Testament, as a transition over, Jesus is the new temple. He is the one that comes to live with you now. He promised us the Holy Spirit. So what's it look like when he's first reactive in the right things? And God is glorified. God is glorified. So why should the temple be built? That God may be glorified. See, when God's not first, we're indifferent to His glory. He don't take any other place. So whatever your occupation is, we talked about it at the life group the other day. He's a fireman, I'm an engineer. Whatever the case may be, wherever we are in our lives, what's our chief occupation as Christians? I love the mission of this church. Make Jesus known. How do you do that? By imitating Jesus in all of your life. Because you tell me, I can tell you this right now. What you're talking about, where you're spending your time and your money, is telling me where your heart's at. Where are you spending your time, your talents, and your money? And I'll tell you, that's where your heart's at. God wants to be first. It's the only place He'll take because He earned that right. It's first. God is glorified when we're doing the right thing. So whatever your occupation is, you say, Brother Jimmy, what's my purpose? To bring glory and honor to your Father. Wherever you are. I don't care what your job is. Do it like you're working for the Father. And if you truly want to evaluate yourself, think about it. Like I said earlier, if, you've modeled, if everyone modeled their Christian life after you, what would Christianity be? So if we're active in the right things and God is glorified, you know what? In turn, God blesses us. God blesses us. I told you, if you do the right things, God blesses us. Now I'm not saying that, oh, God's going to bless us with material wealth and we're going to all be millionaires. I'm not saying 2022 is going to be the best year of your life, but I can promise you this. When you're doing the right things and He's truly first in your life, there won't be a prayer that goes up that He don't hear. There won't be a day that goes by that He's not with you. 
He's right there with you. He wants, he wants to help you. He wants to bless you. He said, what did he say? He said, seek first my kingdom. He said, I know the needs of your life. I know you have needs for shelter and clothing and food. I know that you need to be protected from COVID and sickness. I know that insurance premiums are all so high. But seek first my kingdom. Let me work it out. Y'all need to quit, and myself included, trying to work out our lives. Because God's standing at the end of your life looking back, and He's trying to bring you and mold you into who He's called you to be. But the whole time you're standing there holding Him back without putting Him in His rightful place, it's just wasting time. It's just wasting time. You've got to be doing the right thing so God can bless us this morning. There's comfort this morning as we go into that uncertain year in verse 113. He says, I'm with you. I am with you. See, when God is first, He blesses us. At this time, a sure sign of His blessing was His manifested presence. When they, when they got in that temple built and God's presence came back into that temple, they said, we're getting blessed today. He's back. What's that look like for us? I'm telling you, if God seems distant in your life, perhaps your priorities have gotten mixed up this morning. When you put God first, you experience a new awareness of His presence. That is true blessing. Like I said, I can't promise you the best year of your life. I can't promise you, if you if all these things that other people promise you, but I can promise you this, you will never be alone. You don't have to keep fighting this battle with sin and the devil and the world by yourself. Folks, the battle has already been won. The battle is over. The devil knows his fate. The demons know their fate. The battle has already been won. God has blessed us. And He will continue to bless us when we truly seek to honor the Lord with our time, talents, and treasures, when we truly put Him first. And I, I, love, I love to think about that because when I say that He's with you, think who's with you. The King of all kings. The Alpha, the Omega. The one that was, the one that is, and the one that is to come. You ain't talking to somebody who can't help you. You're talking to the Father. You're talking to the Father. And I know we're going to get out of here earlier than normal. I talk fast. But I really want you to hear this, this, this example. I borrowed this from somewhere, but it's really relevant to this sermon. Um, a time management professor, he came in and to his classroom, and he whipped out this jar. And he pulled the jar out, and he had three fist-sized rocks. And he put the three fist-sized rocks in the jar, and he asked the class, he said, is this jar full? Of course, everybody in the class said, well, it looks full. Yeah, it's full. He, he reached underneath and he pulled out some gravel. He poured the gravel in there and as the gravel filled up around the cracks of the jar, around the large rocks, he asked them again, he said, is it full? And seemingly full, they said, yes, yeah, full. So he goes under, he pulls out some sand. He pours the sand into the jar, fills up the cracks. And they say, is it full? And of course, by that time, everybody's catching on. No, it ain't full. Okay, good point. He comes out, he pulls some water and he pours the water in there and he holds up the jar and he asks them, he said, what's the point of this exercise? And some kid in the back yells, hey, no matter what, you can still fit more in there at all times if you just work hard and you just try. And the professor looks at him and he says, no, if you don't put the big rocks in first, they won't never fit. And I'm fearful that we're walking around trying to sprinkle, sprinkle Jesus, sprinkle religion onto things that we've chosen without putting Jesus and his house in there first. What should your big rocks be this morning? God in his house. This is God's house. He's, his presence is here this morning. We're, these young people stepping up is such a blessing to see. You guys coming out, and I'm thankful for each and every one of you this morning. 
Make sure as we go into 2022 that you evaluate yourselves. He said it two times in 13 verses. Consider your ways. Consider your ways. If you light a, in a really dark room, if you light up a, a little big lighter, it gives off a lot of light, don't it? I mean, if it's completely dark, you light that big lighter up, it gives off a lot of light. I'm telling you, that could be you. That could be you shining for the people who don't see God. If it's not going to be us, who's it going to be? And if it's not going to be now, then when? God, Haggai came back with the message. He said, put the first things first. Put the first things first. Some of you may say, well, I don't know what that looked like. I told you what that looked like. If you don't know, come see me. We'll talk about it. We want to grow this year. It starts with you as you look into the mirror. It starts with you this morning. Let us pray. Thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to support this ministry, go to our website at fbcdelray.com. Also, click the share button so you can share this message with a friend or someone in need as we seek to know Jesus, to know others, and to make him known. We cry out, we cry out, hope is here.